Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are two wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, June 7th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Rainy. We must have gotten a lot of rain yesterday or last night. It didn't wake me up, but uh, everything is soaked today. So I hope you're having a great start. Hope you had a good weekend. Nick Roush, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little nervous because I have an audience for today's show. What? Yeah. Uh, Tequila, Lima, and Lily the Cats are kind of just hanging out watching the show with me. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little on the nervous side. I'm, I'm just waiting for one to jump on my computer and knock everything over. But they are some cute kitties. And so uh, tell Intern Cat today to take out it, suck it, and suck it. Wow, cheating on intern cat. What a jerk. Whose cats do whom these belong? To whom the, to whom do the cats belong? There you go. Uh, I'm at my, my college roommate's house. He's got a couple uh, kitties. Uh, I was up in Lexington yesterday. Well, I guess I'm up here now, technically. But I was in Lexington for the first of two Sunday showcase camps. And Mark Stoops is actually speaking with the media at a golf course uh, around lunchtime today. So it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to do the back and forth. I'm going to hang out. And TJ, I'm going to wait a second to get in the nitty gritty, but I was surprised with a couple of really nice sporting events last night, aside from the camp that I just, I never anticipated watching, but they turned out to be uh, great times. Uh, I'm just going to ask, first off, getting away from uh, the baby for a night in a morning. That had to be. That had to be a little bit enjoyable for you, but I'm, I'm going to ask what everybody else is thinking. What mm-hmm. what what happened in your college roommate's life that got him to the point he's got three cats? Oh well, he's he's a big dog guy as well, and two of these are barn cats. They're like garbage, um, so they're they're actually they're pretty fun. Like, not going to lie. Uh, blink we, blink twice if that house <laughs> smells kind of bad. Really doesn't. No, he he he's a big uh, he's a big got candles rolling, but there's not really carpet anywhere. So no, yeah, it's uh it's fun. I, it's the f- most time I've spent extended amount of time I've spent hanging out with cats in a long time, and they were hilarious, like beating each other up last night, play fighting while we were watching that game. Well, you're you're a good host to speak so highly of the three cats, <laughs> or a good guest, I guess I should say. Yeah, uh, uh, headline cats, not that bad. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot to talk about from yesterday. Justin, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It was nice and long. Uh, last night, didn't get as much sleep as I would have liked because I, too, was up watching things that I didn't anticipate watching. But here we are today. It's Monday, ready to roll. Yeah, there was the boxing match. There was soccer earlier in the day. NBA, a really exciting golf finish. Louisville mm-hmm. City, if you watch that at all. We had a pretty good 60 minutes. Not a bunch of liberal mumbo-jumbo. And uh, I, I say that jokingly. Uh, they did have a climate change 
piece at the end. But uh, mm-hmm. no, good 60 minutes, all things considered. And uh, just big Sunday TV day. Good day to not have plans. Yeah, and uh, I think it was kind of rainy all day. At least out at the camp, it just stayed cloudy. So it was actually kind of nice, nice and cool. Yeah, nice yeah, you had UK had football camp, which we got some news from, and and like you said, we'll get more because Mark Soups will talk today, and then uh, you and Luckett are going to do uh, your your podcast. But I, we need to talk about Adam Luckett for a second, can oh. we? Yeah, let's talk about him. Sure, hit me. Okay, uh, hold on. I, I don't want to get it wrong, so let me just get. Uh, do you see? I'm, I'm going through his tweets. Do you see Notre Dame beat Connecticut in baseball, twenty six to three. I did see that. That was wild. It was a yeah, football score. It was. More, more like a football score than a baseball score. Well, I can't find the exact wording that he had. Um, but he did a post. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, and he's going for analytics, and it's Anna Luckett's. Oh, yeah. Does he not? Yeah. Does, does he? Does he get it? Yeah, it's great. I, I, you know what? I might have even came up with that during a podcast. So, but do you see how it's spelled? Yeah, Anna Luckett's. Okay. What, did, so, did he did he spell did he? That's how. No, I mean just one one word kind of jumps out. Oh, uh, I kind of. <laughs> one word really jumps out at you in that headline. I think. But but okay, all right. Uh, that's that's fine. Just I I was wondering if anybody had had noticed. Uh, all right, text on into the show. What do we start with? Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Can we just? Oh, you know, I know where we start it. Suck it, Mexico. Suck yeah. it, Mexico. Take out your suck it and suck it. I I don't like you know beating U of L is cool. I really like it when UK basketball beats Duke. That's probably my most satisfying win. It's always good to beat Tennessee in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, beating Florida in football, the, the one time in my life, that felt really good. And I know uh, when it happens at the Krogue later this year, that's going to be an amazing feeling as well. But beating Mexico in soccer, beating Mexi- Mexico really in anything, you don't have too many competitive games. You know, obviously, it's not like Mexico basketball is going to give the United States much of a, a competition. But beating them in soccer is just amazing. Their fans are the absolute worst. Man. And they had to Roush, they had to stop the match because of anti-gay chants from the Mexican fans. And you may say, well, how do you know it wasn't the American fans? Because Mexico has a long history of just yeah, it's their thing. Cl- classless shenanigans in the stands. Uh, I guess, you know, is it better? I don't know. But they're also known throwing bags of urine onto opposing players. They already had a match in this same event in the semifinals in Denver had to be stopped because of – and that was, they were playing – oh, was it Honduras? Don't know exactly who they were playing in that match. So they're just the worst fans. They deserve losing all the freaking time. Uh, I, I think Mexico, when they made that World Cup run a few years back, they've always had – fun teams to watch they've always kind of you know sometimes they've been the the villain to our superhero if you will but they they play generally i think sometimes a more fun style than america it's nothing really against the players so much although i do want them to lose because they're not america but it's the fans don't deserve to see 
their teams win when they are such dorks. So suck at Mexico. That was really exciting, Roush. That had to be – I did not watch the finish of it. But I bet if you watch that start to finish and you're just kind of a casual soccer fan, that could maybe be in the conversation oh. for one of the best soccer matches you've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I'm. we turned it on when it was 1-1 in about the 30th minute. And yes, it had so many things that I've never seen before in a soccer match. But stopping play so that fans will shut the hell up. And then them saying, yeah, if it gets bad enough and the ref can – call it again and play in an empty stadium tomorrow. And I was like, wait, what? They have to have rules like this because fans were that crazy? It was absolute banana land at Malha Stadium last night. And, I mean, it really the, – the game had it all. You had a goalie who was standing on his head, Stefan, and then he gets kicked in the chest. And so he's got to take a sub. Then you bring in, we were calling him chicken legs because he was skinny as hell. But Ethan Horvath playing hero with a couple just, I mean, I, Terry, I don't know how many times I thought that you, that, I, that, oh, here, here comes the goal. We're going to give it up. But Horvath just played out of his mind. It was such a fun game to watch. And, and it felt like as it kept going, it kept getting crazier. I mean, it, it is, I, I bet it is. Now, you know, no, this is no doy, but probably 99.99999% of soccer games don't have two penalty kicks in extra time. Like, that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty wild. I mean, one from each team, and the United States bury theirs because one of the best soccer players in the world was taking it. And oh. then the backup goalie, the reserve goalie, stops it, and I think they were saying a stat that he's never, in, like, USA action, and youth USA action, he's never allowed – a penalty kick to go in or something crazy like that, uh, which and they stopped it. And it was in the 120th minute. It was basically like, so what, what, let's do a sports equivalent of what that would be. Would that be this, the equivalent of like, Hey, go, you're shooting this free throw and there's no time on the clock. And oh, you it's ma- Darius Washington at the free throw line. If you make it, we're, we're going to PKs. If you miss it, the yeah. game's over and you lose. And he instantly knew the second that it was blocked, like, you know, the, that ball is still in play technically, but the way it kind of came off the goalie, and plus it was already so deep in stoppage time that, like, that was it. You know, th- they were blowing that whistle right after this, and uh, that was amazing. Like, that, w- what a finish, and the, the young Americans get the win. Maybe, just maybe, Roush, we can feel like the future of USA soccer is somewhat bright. Many people are kind of saying, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and the thing that made it – I mean, to, not to double down on it, but like just to get into uh, regulation or into overtime, the U.S. gave up a goal in the 80th minute and then uh-huh. had an equalizer in the 88th. It, and it, it was just, it was, it was, it was oh, 93rd. It was crazy. It was one of those where you just, oh, they're going to do it. They're actually going to do it. And they did it. Um, and all the while, they were just getting beer thrown at them from the stands. If we think NBA fans are rowdy, it looked like somebody was just opening up a garbage bag and dumping it on the sideline, the amount of trash that they threw at the players at the end of the game. Yeah, that's Mexico soccer fans. <laughs> they do not give a damn at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that an American player was hurt and had to go yeah. to the locker room because of it. 
and hit with like a bottle or something like that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you do because there are obviously thousands and thousands and thousands of great Mexico soccer fans. When I went to that uh, World Cup qualifying match in Columbus, Ohio in 2013, I believe it was 2013, they, uh, everyone we kind of encountered was great. And they, 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 they go to Columbus a lot. USA soccer does. That's their, what they consider like their biggest home field advantage. Um, mm-hmm. just because I think they know that the, the crowd there aren't going to give up their tickets. So if they've got another country where, who is it? And I think if they play like Chicago and Honduras, it's like, 60 40 Honduras fans versus United States. Like they, they try to go to certain re areas to play certain teams where they are going to feel like they actually are going to have a home field advantage because of the diverse population that is this melting pot of America. But everyone, everyone I, we encountered there was great. Um, but there are also thousands and thousands of really, really bad ones. So I don't know what you, what you can do. Cause it's not like you can keep them out, but I think you are going to see that probably, more Roush where they stop the game and maybe even empty the stadium before they play again. Or like you said, just come back the next day and, and do it all again. But it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's an experience watching it and like for the wrong reasons, but you still can't help, but like you can't look away. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's one of those rare times too, that as much as we would like to dog soccer or anything, you can't like it, it. It's a it's a whole different level of just intensity and playing. You're just, I mean, I I came. I mean, let's let's be frank here. It's Sunday night. You're a little tired. Been a long day, and or a long weekend. You know, and you just kind of want to chill out. And I could not chill out at all. That game gave me no chill. Uh, I was exhilarated thanks team usa for getting it done too because that would have really stunk if they would have kept going well, and like lost in pks or something you know well while i'm at it roush and, and don't be shocked by this but I, i've got to give a suck it to the yanks oh what are the wait, they got swept the by the red sox yeah Woo. ah yeah there yeah. you go eat the yankees yeah suck it uh on the road which was nice too so new york Take that big old sweep and sweep it on out of here, buddy. And then, Justin, on the other side of the entertainment spectrum, you were watch- watching a boxing match. Yeah, and that's what I was just getting ready to tell Roush. I'm sorry that he was all wound up from that soccer match, but he could have watched the boxing match and been ready for bed because it was a <laughs> boring boring fight i mean i don't don't know why every time i've seen floyd mayweather fight i have never been impressed because he is just such a freaking pansy like let's dip duck dodge dive anything we can to avoid getting hit and then we'll throw in a two or three shots here there it was the worst fight of all time i am so mad that i stayed up for it i i I lost an hour and a half of sleep because of it i would have much rather been sleeping it was terrible well i'll i'll throw in my first to be fair of the show and isn't that what a boxer is supposed to do like dip dog like aren't you not supposed to get hit Right, well, I mean, let's be honest. There's a reason the guy's 50 and 0. I'm, I'm not saying it's not effective, but my gosh, it is so freaking boring. I just can't do it. There's a reason I'm a UFC fan versus boxing, and the action is a major part of that. Other than the first fight of the night, which me and Nick discussed off air, that was a good time. I, I will which say, was, I, what, what, which one was that? The Ocho Cinco one? It was Ocho Cinco. Yeah. And that, that fight came on while I was at the bar, and I was like, well, I got to watch the end of this. And that one, 
Chad actually landed a few really nice combos and kind of uh, got his opponent reeling a little bit for 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 uh, a few seconds. You're like, wait, is, is Chad going to do this? But he didn't stick his nose in there. You know, he was kind of hit a few, land a few shots back away. And then in the fourth round, he got, he ate one, just ate one and got knocked down. And credit to him for getting back up and then hanging in for the last minute. Um, but I, the only downer and bummer of these is like, I would have liked to see that fight judged out. Instead, it was exhibition. There wasn't anybody to say who was the clear winner or loser. Cause I actually think, I mean, I know he got knocked down, but Chad would have won the first two rounds or so. So hell, that would have been a, could have been a split decision. I agree with that, Nick. I think Chad easily won the first two rounds. Yeah. So, uh, but I did, Justin, see a few highlights of. I saw Floyd took did take one gnarly hit from Paul, and then there was that like f- furious rally at the end where he was just swinging like a madman. So it, it looks like there was at least something there, uh, you know, once out of every ten minutes. Yeah, I mean there was there was a few shots. I'll be honest. Paul is – that guy has no skill at all when it comes to boxing. He was literally just throwing his arms, spraying and praying, hoping that they connected. Whereas, I mean, you can imagine Floyd the more polished boxer, so he was sitting back waiting for him to make a mistake, and he got a few shots in too. But honestly, guys, that, that fight was a hell of a lot closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be, and maybe it was because Floyd – didn't really go balls of the wall because there wasn't going to be a decision and he knew he was getting paid either way. But right. yeah, there, there was definitely some shots. He also was, a, I mean, looked so much smaller than Paul too. You're like, oh, so this is why they don't have people from different sizes because Logan Paul's just, I don't know, inches taller and probably has 30 more pounds on the guy. It was, that's it what, was, that's what I was, was, was going to say. say that's my biggest, started. Jesus Christ, go Justin. Ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My biggest ta- – that was my biggest takeaway, Roush. Go ahead, Justin. I, I was I just like, going to say, by the time they fought, it was almost 40 pounds difference, so that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, one – I mean, it showed, too. And I think it kind of does go – I think it was a win for the – I know that Paul is very in shape and very huge, but I think it was just kind of the win for, like, the average person. Now, like, fighting at the end of the day is just pu- trying to punch somebody in the face and protect yourself from getting hit. And I and I do also think it just shows how unbelievable of a fight, fighter Mayweather is that somebody could be so much bigger and he could still hold his I mean win, not hold mm-hmm. his own. He he won the fight, but even though they didn't they didn't give a winner. It, it was boring Justin, but this was all just for show and I loved it. There was videos of people coming from the stands where like they, these two people, you know, they did it at the football stadium. These two people had bought tickets. And they were like basically in the end zone, but they were the far end away from where the boxing ring was. And they were like, "We paid seven fifty a ticket for this. We technically can't even see the fight. There's no announcer, so we don't really know what's going on or what round it is." Like they were like, "This is fire festival for b- boxing." And then people that bought it paid fifty dollars to watch it. You, I, I su- suck it, you all. Um, I thought about it. If it would have been the other Paul, I think I had talked myself into it, but. That thing just seemed like a trap from the get-go, and I think ultimately that's exactly what it was. And that's the one thing I'm happy about of last night, that I didn't buy it. I was able to find the stream. If I would have spent $50 on that, my gosh, I would have been so ticked. Yeah, you just had to pay the price of staying up late. 
which is pretty costly. Pretty maybe pretty worth costly. maybe worth fifty dollars. I don't know. What, what time did the fight go off at? Uh, it was close to eleven, probably ten forty-five ish. I didn't go. I didn't get in bed till about eleven thirty. Yeah, I was. I was. It was like ten fifteen, and I was kind of doing a Twitter search, and the the pe- people were saying it was going to be around eleven, and I was like, well. I was going to maybe just kind of follow it along on Twitter or try to find a stream just kind of lazily if it weren't cool. If not, I wasn't going to search too deep for it. But then when I realized it wasn't going off till so late, uh, I, there was no chance. But I did watch it this morning. Uh, it saved $50. And, yeah, I, you know, the big winner of this is Paul because now everybody he, – he didn't get knocked out, and now everybody's talking about him. The winner – because they showed him after every freaking round. Oh, Logan's up 2-1, 2-1. Logan's winning. I mean, he, he got more airtime than Logan last night. Hmm. Interesting. Those brothers, they know what they're doing. Yeah. All right, let's go to a break. We'll need to talk a little bit about the U.K. football camp. We do have some U.K. football news that we're excited to talk about. We've got a jam-packed text line from the weekend, 502-414-1450. So we'll... Keep rolling along with that. Let's see. We had golf, which was awesome yesterday. We just got we got a lot to get to. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh, you may feel like nothing now, but look on the bright side. You used to be something, and nobody can ever take that away from you. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Justin, you did the mic on before the ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it backwards. My bad. <laughs> hey, it's Monday for everybody. It is Monday. Hey, Roush, did you see uh, – this is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Did you see that the dude who made Rivals and 24-7s doing another one? Really? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? No. What ha- what, what happened? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's launching August 15th, and it's called On 3. I guess, like, uh, you know, not on, on, not on 1 or on 2, but on 3. And it's uh, the description is the best college sports and recruiting – and they are let's see the it's that terry guy what's his name uh shannon terry shannon terry yeah he he had something that just was like when i made 24 7 it was going to be different than rivals and on three is different than than all of it but uh it's their it's their next big thing he says on three will launch three different and unique businesses supported by the common theme around our love of collegiate sports. Mm. Three different and unique businesses. I'm interested, intrigued. So what would that be? I'd like recruiting would be a business. Um, what about cookies? Yeah, it could be could be cookies. Like, like you, instead of recruiting reporters just getting scoop, they also hand out scoops. Scoops ahoy. Scoops two different ways. Your one-stop shop for sports news and sweet treats. Yeah, scoops of ice cream, I should say. So not a cookie company, but ice cream company. So you get your recruiting scoops and your cold scoops. 
the on three background is like it has a bunch of different college team logos clemson texas alabama michigan ohio state notre dame which i don't think is a coincidence that collectively like those have the biggest online subscription presence although kentucky's got to be right there as well between cats illustrated and and uh, cats paws but it but probably behind those six and honestly kentucky may may as well be the next one rivals would always do reports of like most subscribers most subscriptions and uh, mm-hmm. there were times like during coaching searches and whatnot that that Cats Illustrated was number one, but consistently it was like Texas and stuff like that. Uh, but anyways, I just don't know if there's another market for like arrivals in 24-7, which I'm sure his his whole point was this is going to be something different. But one, will it will it really be something different? Because you said that 24-7 is different than rivals, and it's really not. I mean, it's basically the same thing. So is this basically going to be the same thing? I don't know if there is another market for another subscription-based college sports website. But then again... You know, who, who, who am I to say? Maybe we just haven't found the best one yet. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, too. Like, you figure if he's doing it, it's got to be pretty good. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Rivals and 24-7 are the two big ones, and he made in both of them. So, figure it's got to be. I, I'm just curious, too, what's going to be the different maker. I know I, I see where Ivan Mizell, how do you, is, that, is that how you say it? He's a pretty big think, name. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah, he's a pretty he big name it. in the biz, so he's working for him. Who else? Uh, that's a mystery. So, Yeah, so something to keep an eye on. August 15th, maybe another place, another outlet for Kentucky fans to uh, be able to consume and get UK news, which yesterday, Kentucky Sports Radio with your uh, – Analuckets. Anal Luckets and the KSR, you know, you, the, the football camp was on and popping, Roush. What, uh, you, you saw the big dog in a big cart. Yep, uh, I saw somebody tear their Achilles right in front of me, too. That was whew, not fun. Oh. But, Jeez. yeah, yeah. Like, look, just slid two feet in front of us while we were... Uh, oh, yeah, that was bad. But from the... Man, okay, there's a couple things I learned. Uh, one, which actually is probably breaking news right now. I don't know if I've seen anywhere. Uh, the old Miss linebacker, Jacquez Jones, he's going to be on campus tomorrow for a visit. Oh, so lock, lock him up, baby. He ain't getting yeah. out of Lexington without committing. Yeah. All so- right, we did it. Let's just go and celebrate it now. <laughs> Woo! Go on and do the KSR alert. Uh, breaking news. Ah. <laughs> but he, uh, he'll be... He'll be on campus this week. Uh, Alex Afari, he was on for an official visit this weekend. He wasn't participating in camp or anything like that. So was Antonio Hall's kid, Nick Hall. Uh, he he didn't participate in the camp, but he was there. Of the kids who participated in the camp, most of them were your kind of rising juniors, your juniors-to-be. So there's a kid, he has a great name, Stantavius Smith. Stantavius is just... I stand for Stantavious. That would be so much fun to follow that kid up. His offer sheet is ridiculous. Georgia, Florida State, Florida. He's a big, big defensive lineman, real powerful guy who uh, looked good in in his brief uh, go around with the one-on-ones. And then you had a couple of really young quarterbacks, uh, one of which is – they've all – or let's just say both of them – 
man, I'm, I'm struggling with some of these names. Wiseman, Kaysen Wiseman was one of them from Georgia, who right now has only big offers from EKU, but he just finished his sophomore season, going to be a junior. He went from camping at Louisville, then just drove right on down and camped at Kentucky. He's got a lot of promise to him. He had a couple really nice throws that got Liam Combe fired up. And uh, there's another guy by the name, I think it's John White, who's from Mississippi. And he, he looks the part as a kid who's just going to be a sophomore. So uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different when it comes to your quarterbacks. You've really got to go younger. So these are guys two and three years down the road that you would probably see, um, you know, as things really kick up. John White was the kid from Mississippi. But, uh, yeah, there was, some, there was some talented kids out there. The one that is the most familiar name, though, is Gavin Chadwell, who plays for Knox Central. And I think folks – he kind of came on everybody's radar because they went to the Sweet 16 in basketball. And you're like, wait, that big kid is a freshman? He got offered from UK uh, in May, I want to say. And he was at the camp. And TJ, this kid's got tree trunks for legs. He's freaking enormous. I mean, 6'5", 235, just going to be a sophomore. That kid's going to be 6'7", 260 by the time he's ready to go to college. He is enormous. Well, that seems like it's a really long way away. Oh, it is. It is. It, but it's good that they got him on campus now. He was working out as a tight end, and I just don't know how. Like He's he's still getting bigger. He's he's going to end up being a, just a badass defensive lineman um, because, boy, that big, man, he, he carries it well, but he's going to end up just plugging away in the trenches and, and beating people up there. Interesting. Okay, it's just good to have the camps back, and you're right. It is good to get young guys on campus, let them be familiar with the place. Uh, but huge news that uh, Jacquez Jones will be on campus, and has he always had his Twitter picture, uh, the game at UK? I wonder if that was recently changed or not. But uh, Oh, that'd be a notice. good Twitter diagnosis. Or- yeah, get out, get out the bone saw there. But mm-hmm. I I've, I've, uh, have not been following Jacquez Jones on Twitter for a long time, so I admittedly do not know how long he had changed his Twitter picture. But uh, that that's that's great. I, and I feel like Roush, when he does commit to Kentucky, that's going to be an absolutely huge deal. Ole Miss really, really wanted him to stay and have been trying to convince him to stay. I don't know exactly – the whole reason why he is leaving. Uh, I'm sure maybe playing time had something to do with it, but they still want him because you need depth and you definitely need quality depth. He led Ole Miss in tackles last year. So this would be, we're in June. To get a caliber of the, the, the talent, experience, somebody that's been in the SEC, done it before, that's awesome. And UK's defense won't necessarily have to rely on him, Roush, but he'll just add a little bit more quality to an already thin position. Hell yeah! This is this is going to be huge news. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I understand, it's kind of between them and South Carolina, and it's where South Carolina comes in is the the kind of guaranteed playing time deal. But it's also, hey, uh, do you want to have guaranteed playing time for a team that's that bad? I mean, South Carolina. Let's be honest, they stink. They stink. You're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna win maybe one SEC game. Is that fun? Is that what you want to do? No. You want to no, win? You want to win one SEC game? Hell no. Especially after going through that previously with the Matt Luke year at Ole Miss. Like, come on. You're not wanting to do that again. That same old song and dance. 
So, so what? Come on. So, so how much time, or how how many years will he have left? How? Uh, what what's kind of the deal with that stuff? I think he's I, now. I think technically you can do the COVID year, but I believe he's just grad transferring because Summerall actually coached him for a season at Ole Miss, which would have been his freshman year back in twenty seventeen, I believe. So okay. I I think take the COVID out of the equation, this would just be his fifth year. I believe that's the case. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, All right, well, that'll be something to keep an eye on from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, really, really good player. And uh, just would do you, he probably wouldn't start right, but he'd, he'd be rotating in. Well, if not after the first series, then that's, that's the, uh, I, I do think that they'll probably take a, you know, somewhat committee approach at the Michael linebacker spot because today is the first official day of the season. I mean, it's, you know, it's just summer workouts, but it's the first time they're going to be doing official team duties with all of the kids that are going to be on this next team, including Trevin Wallace, who showed up to campus yesterday, weighed in at 6'1", 220, 80-inch wingspan. 80-inch wingspan. He is almost what? a seven-foot wingspan, and he's six-foot-one. It is incredible. Man. <laughs> yeah, this guy is going to be a freak. So that's why I, I think that I, I could see why there would be a little bit of apprehension if you're Jones because you're coming in to not a crowded situation, but uh, because like that's why Kentucky, they, they need the depth because right now you have Square, who's reliable at the, the will spot. But at Mike, it's kind of a spin the wheel and land on a Jared Casey, who former four-star recruit that's got a lot of promise. You also brought in Luke Fulton. And, oh, yeah, you've got this blue-chip talent that's a true freshman. So I guess if you're Jones, you're like, do I really want to compete with a true freshman for playing time that these guys obviously like? So that that could be – Trevin Wallace is, is great. I don't think he's going to scare off Jacquez Jones, but I'm sure that that's going to factor into his decision. Uh, because Wallace is going to play this fall. There, there's no doubt about that. Hey, I think there's room for for both of both of them, as they, as we like to say. <laughs> oh, let's get a few texts in here five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. But I, I feel like that th- this should be discussed. Um, you, we're all really excited about UK's defense. Let's say UK adds him. Where, where Roush? Where's your? Where would you say the weakness is? feel like I'm interviewing you. I like it. The The only thing that worries me is on the edge, and which I, I did see J.J. Weaver there. He was at the camp yesterday. He was looking good. And briefly, just a quick side, my God, I hate how bad I am with faces now. Just one year away from the program, and I cannot put a name to a face to save my life. Because, A, part of it is there's a lot more new guys in there, but, B, we didn't get to talk to as many people as we normally would have last year. I know a lot of those guys that were seniors that spoke with the media, they're on their way out. But instead of getting seven or eight people after a practice, we got two. So now I'm over there looking like, wait, who is that guy? Uh, Katie McDaniel is a guy that needs to factor in at the edge, but I've never seen him before really in my life until yesterday. And I finally was able to put two and two together. But that edge spot is what worries me the most because – Weaver needs to be the guy, I think. I know Jordan Wright has done some really good things for Kentucky. He's really filled up the the stat sheet. 
but he's one guy and he's inconsistent when it comes to getting home as they say he he's, he he applies a lot of pressures but actually sacking the quarterback completing the play he he's been inconsistent so you need Wright and you need Weaver to to do that on a regular basis and that that's my biggest question mark really for the defense i i, I think you've got guys at all, a lot of other spots uh, particularly in the secondary even though you're replacing a lot of guys that can be reliable. It's just getting that consistent pressure from the edge to create some havoc plays. That's what I worry about most. And when you've got a guy coming off of a, a knee injury, you just don't know how much burst is still going to be there. So, uh, But all indications are that Weaver will be ready to rock and roll this fall. It's just a matter of, of how much juice is, is still left there for, for him to squeeze. Good deal. All right. Getting me excited talking UK football. It'll be here before we know it. You start with a noon game against Central Michigan and then that Missouri one, September 11th, 730. The Krogue will be rocking. To feel good just to be back in the Krogue. Just oh, yeah. Get that yeah. feeling. Yeah. Feel, feel good to hear the whistles, you know, uh, and also to see some of the new faces, the new coaches. The, the new guy, Chris Collins. That dude, I, I was like, is he here? And then all of a sudden, I just heard a, get your hips wide. You could just hear his voice echoing across the entire stadium. He's a big energy guy. Like, dude is bouncing around, constantly instructing. I, I enjoyed watching him work. And I also think that the new offensive line coach, Coach Wolf, he's going to be just a uh, – He's going to be a lot. <laughs> the, the, I know this spring, the, the, the big boy wall, they only saw the half of what they're going to see from him this fall. That dude is, uh, is, is not a loose cannon, but you can tell he's got that crazy offensive lineman energy. And there was, there was one exchange, too, that I thought was hilarious during their one-on-ones. So Amwar Stewart, he's defensive line coach. They're going up defensive line versus offensive line. And this guy tries to show off one of his moves. He tries a swim move through a double team. And Amar just stops the drill. And he says, hold up, son, come here. And he, he sits him right next to the other guy. He goes, look at you. You're an 18-wheeler. And he was this kind of just low, stocky, real built guy. He's going because this tall guy. And he goes, look at him. This dude is nine feet taller than you. Be an 18-wheeler. Stop trying to swim move a dude that's nine feet taller than you. What? Come, come on. And like kind of smacks him in the head. I was like, oh, man, this is so good. I'm so happy football's back. I missed this. I missed it so much. It's good. To, it's good for it to be back. I'll be ready for when it's back fully on TV and like games are happening. And we also don't have miserable, humid, nasty weather like we're going to have all week. But that's a conversation for a different day. A texter says. 502-414-1450. I, I have no clue where we are. All right, here we are. Who wins a three-point contest, TJ or Roush? Roush definitely strikes me as the guy who may be off from three a ton and is constantly yelling, short, short, to let his teammates know it may be an air ball. Oh, man, we really did let our one-on-one -on -one game go by the wayside which by the way travis graff was like you got to get out there and play basketball me big blue drew and i'm like i'm just waiting for the invite so seriously the, those they, they've jack travis and big blue drew I, I don't know how i got left in the cold because i i played pretty well the last time that i played with big blue drew and travis and i haven't got the invite since did i play too well many people are asking oh, that's probably what it was they they don't they want to know when to hold and when to show that ringer they're bringing, they're, they're waiting to bring you out of the the, the pen 
they did ask me a few other times, and then I think they've gone to some. I think they've gone to Southeast Christian a couple times to play, yes. and I, I haven't been able to to go. I've played at Southeast Christian several times. It's it's not, it's not my it's not wouldn't be my favorite place I've ever played pickups. Not the worst I've ever played, but uh, they that that Saturday morning league, Big Blue Drew, you need to get that one going again because that was the goat setup. But you okay, just have a big you just have a big speaker. It was just like fifteen dudes rotating in and out. Everybody was friendly, nice. It was competitive, but not like hey, we're gonna fight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it was good, clean family nice. fun, Roush. Yeah, and. Uh they're talking about the guy going short, short, short. Uh, watching Liam Cohen, he's one of those two that when the quarterbacks are throwing, I mean, it, it, he's constantly, you're hearing him talk to the quarterback throughout the whole part. Like, pull it, pull it. Come on, let it rip. Like, it's almost like a, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's kind of um, like, Whenever you're try- seeing somebody kick a ball and they're trying to will the ball to the left or the right, they're like, "Come on, get this way, get over here." Or yeah, it's like a golf a golfer t- uh, talking up his shot. That's kind of how Cohen is. And the one kid, Casein uh, Wiesman, Wiseman, he had a pass where it was a double move, and Cohen's like, "Rip it, rip it," and the kid waited, and he was like, "Huh?" And you could hear Cohen kind of like coming around, like, "Oh." Oh, and this kid, he'd waited a little bit longer and then dropped one right in the back of the end zone where the kid caught it with a yard to spare, one foot down, and Cohen just lost his mind. That that, that was fun. It was it was a lot of fun, and it was one of those where it's like, that's when you know you're like you're a quarterback's coach. You got to let your, your quarterback go out and, and do his thing. Like, all right, I'm going to show you really how, how you th- fit it in a tight window. Uh, fun. Gosh, football. Woo, we're back. Yeah, we definitely missed this last year. Uh, that being said, I'm going to take me in the three-point contest. Oh, secretary. Just <laughs> suck it. Let's go to a break. We'll come back, and we'll get more text into the show. We'll continue to talk football, maybe uh, a little bit bas- uh, basketball as well because we had an exciting weekend of NBA. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports oh, Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Join us after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on the Big X. Roush, if I wanted to go get some Mexican in this town, where would you recommend? I would recommend Salsaritas. They have two locations, one in Middletown and one on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews. And, man, the Monday Blues, they're a real thing. Bounce back with some fresh salsaritas. They've got the most wildly addictive chips, the freshest salsas, well-marinated meats, the best ingredients. You won't have a fresher meal than a delicious lunch from Salsaritas. Check them out today. 
Yes, check them out. The Middletown has a drive-through. Download the app. It's going to save you some cash, and don't forget the wildly addictive chips. All right, uh, you want to head to the text line here to finish out hour one? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to it, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, texter says 502-414-1450. TJ, what's the most you've bet on a game, and did you win or lose that bet? Everyone has had one bad memory where they bet a ton on a game and lost. Uh, I think you asked that maybe semi-recently, or maybe it was, it was your brother, Plumley Bro, but I, I don't remember the exact amount, but we were on a bachelor party in Vegas during U.S., during, I think, the Olympics, and uh, we we put, a bunch, we put a bunch on USA covering a big spread, and it did not win. I think it was probably I, a thousand or something i don't know it was too much and we lost but we didn't really care so i guess everything was all right was it usa basketball was it basketball it, it was usa basketball yes oh wow betting you that's that's got to be a wild ride uh it was like yeah. a huge spread they were like 25 point favorites or something <laughs> I, I went pretty heavy on essential quality over the weekend and profitability nicely saved my day because that's what brad cox does he wins you money although he did have a rough start to the day got me a little worried because his other horses weren't performing well at big sandy but essential quality went the extra distance it, it looked like you know rumbauer made a nice move but it was too little too late and man hot rod charlie you have got to feel so bad if you're that horse because those two have raced each other and except for the Derby where Hot Rod Charlie had a slight advantage. He's always playing second fiddle. Uh, Central Quality's beating him, I think, three times now. And this most recent one, it was it was a war down the stretch, and he just kind of pulled away there. And it kind of looked like the Breeders' Cup Juvenile at Keeneland last year when Hot Rod Charlie was 94-1. to But uh, Essential Quality, big winner. Uh, the I think it's now the fourth tappet to win the Belmont in seven years, I want to say. So those grays, they, they love the the extra distance out of Belmont. That's interesting how that, like, that probably actually is a thing, right? Like yeah, I mean, about- it's, the, the, the extra distance is in the tap at blood. I don't know, don't know what, what why uh, that's the case, but it, it certainly is. And it's the, uh, aside from, so going back to Pharaoh, every year except the justify year there's been a different horse win every single triple crown race but it's just a shame that brad didn't throw either essential quality or mandaloon in the preakness because he could have he could have done the back door uh could have done the back door a triple crown uh because he's going to have two once uh medina spirit gets taken off the board there was one other storyline from the belmont that had me worried that known agenda might win so irad ortiz he's He's been the jockey of the year the last three years. And his brother, Jose, they're, they're one, two competing against each other every year at the Saratoga meet for who's going to win the most races. They're they're both really talented. And it was either on Wednesday or Thursday, Irad got thrown from his mount and stepped on. It was a real nasty look going down the stretch. And luckily, he's okay. You know, all the x-rays and everything came back negative, but... He had six different horses that were racing on Belmont Stakes Day. And for the most part, they I think every single time they replaced Irad with his brother Jose on the mounts. And Jose won four out of the first five. It was wow. like, oh God, is he going to win the Belmont too? Luckily, Nona Jenna stinks. It's, that horse is terrible, but people fell in love with it because he's in Florida. But 
it was pretty crazy that it's like Jose just hops on. He gets all these great horses. Now, you know, he he rode them well, but man, what a payday. What a, what a big winner, winning day for for the Ortiz brothers. That was a that was a fun Belmont. The like it, you don't generally see it so competitive between two horses uh, that late in the race and you kind of just were waiting for either one of them to fade or one of them to to pull ahead easily and it didn't mm-hmm. necessarily really happen but uh exciting i didn't watch any other race the entire the entire day of, of the belmont and didn't bet on it at all either but uh probably a good thing saved myself some money but exciting <laughs> exciting race there and then now what the travers is that the the next halfway decent yeah, that that'll be the big one. There's also um, the Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs. That's oh, a yeah. win, That's and you're cool. in. That's a big race day. Yeah, yeah, I'd that, forgotten yeah. that one's yeah. kind of turned into a bigger. Or they're they're promoting it, I guess, at least more yeah. than I remember it. But uh, all right, well, exciting stuff. A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says, "Do you all like The Office? I mean, uh, Plumley Bro, what are we doing, man?" You obviously know we like The Office. We reference it all the time. We, re- we reference it multiple times a, a show. You come on, grow up, I think, buddy. I think I think they just wanted to text that to say I watched the first couple episodes and wasn't even remotely funny. Not sure why people actually like that show because the humor just wasn't getting there with me whatsoever. You're right. It, you know the millions of people that love it, they're all wrong, and it's not a funny show. And oh, we, we've just all been kind of clinging to something that's been horrible this whole time. I will say, though, Terry, uh, my wife had an interaction with some of her students, and they shared a similar sentiment. But I also think if you start with season one, it's a much different show than what it becomes. So if you're if you're not liking it, just start with season two, and then you're really getting the meat potatoes, and it's just it's Start with season one. It's only six episodes. Finish season one, and then everything starts to pick up and gets better in season two. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean a great show isn't at its best right away? Oh, big surprise. Yeah. Game of Thrones season one was pretty good, but you know it's not a comedy. Part of the part of the part of a funny part of of a show is inside jokes, reoccurring themes, reoccurring characters. Come on, Plumley bro. You're better than that. Let's go to our hour break. Hour two coming up next here on Big X Sports Radio. Wild weekend in the NBA. We'll still get to that. I had forgotten to bring up the Belmont, but I'm glad that Roush did that. Uh, We'll talk uh, a little UK basketball. I've got a nugget or two there. This is KRC. I'm Big X. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Father's Day right around the corner. Get the Big X Sports Radio golf card today. And you can be the son or the daughter of the year. 
because your dad's going to get to play some amazing, amazing courses all throughout the area. It comes out to just about $25 around when you buy the 2021 Big Exports Radio Golf Card, and you're going to get to play at Chariot Run, Capitol Hill. You can go see Big Bill. Is that is that right there, Justin? Yep, Big, Big Bill on the Hill. Big Bill on the Hill. Yeah, uh, you can play Christmas Lake. In Santa Claus, Indiana, doesn't that sound like that would be a great time? I'm I'm sure that it would. Uh, you can get, and it's just you're saving yourself money, or you're giving a great gift, and you're also saving yourself money. Either or, go to BigExportsRadio.com or call eight one two seven two five fourteen fifty seven. Elk Run Valley View are the other courses on the card, but uh, Cherry Run, Old Capital Golf Club, they're all beautiful. You can't go wrong with any of them with the Big Exports Radio Golf Card. All right. Fun first hour there. Uh, I, I, since that USA soccer match yesterday, I've, I've, I've been all morning kind of having that little World Cup buzz, if you will. If you're wondering when that kind of picks up, the World Cup is in 2022, so you're probably mm-hmm. thinking to yourself, it's got to be coming here pretty soon, right? The qualifying for the World Cup, and remember, the last time the United States did not qualify, it was totally humiliating, super embarrassing, and really just uh, a travesty, all things considered. That starts in September, and they're actually doing a, a new format this season. Uh, it used to be the old hexagon. There were six teams. You play each of them twice. Now it is eight teams, and... Uh, so I, I guess play, that, I, maybe I guess that makes it a little tougher. Yeah, it's it, well, it's one big pool. Ah, ah, okay, just more teams to play this time around. Gotcha. Yes, and uh, I I don't know. I guess you'll only play each team once. I, I don't know exactly how that's going to to work, but uh, it starts in September. But those are huge. Those are fun. Uh, if you haven't ever really like followed a World Cup qualifying, or maybe this last go around was your first time following it then you're probably a little snake bit, but it's pretty exciting because of the, of what's on the line, Roush. If you don't, if you don't finish top three, you're not going to the world cup. If you finish fourth, you have to do a playoff game against some other country from other parts of the world, but the bottom four do not make it the world cup and they're just, they're done gone. Poof. See you later. And that's what happened to us last, last time. So that starts in September. This fall is just going to be, you're going to have the football cats. You're going to have, uh, John Calipari and the fellas just balling out. It's going to be a, a real hoot nanny. You know who else is going to be balling out is the 72nd ranked receiver in the National Football League, according to Justin Kalen. Uh, Julio Jones <laughs> going to the Tennessee Titans, tightening up. And I know we've got a lot of Titans fans out there who, who enjoy the show. A lot of Titans fans in the Kentucky greater Commonwealth. Uh, and I know they're they're fired up for it. Just and who wouldn't be to get the seventy second receiver in the NFL? Hey, for what it's worth, Nick Julio Jones is not worth a first round pick. That that's true. We did get proof that he I is can't, in fact not. And I mean, good on the Titans for getting that deal done. I agree. Uh, that that is an absolute steal. It, it you can't help but think like, I, and I saw a bunch of the the Packers people that I follow just like. How how could a Green Bay not made this work? Like you know, that's if, if that was what it t- took to get them. Gosh, what what they may have thrown in? Who knows who else? If you would have given them a first rounder for them, but uh, a lot of Green Bay fans not happy about it. There must be something about Julio's health 
there's there's no way that every NFL team would say no, he's not worth a first rounder. Like I think if you went by what we've seen, he is one of the top top five, top ten receivers. If you don't think he's top five, whatever, but he's certainly top ten. But I, there's got to be some like behind the scenes stuff with him. It doesn't make any sense. He's an awesome wide receiver, and nobody was willing to just like a first rounder. Let's say Julio can play at a high, not even, let's just say he can play top 25 receiver in the NFL for two seasons. How many first rounders are just complete busts that you don't get one good season out of them? A lot. Yeah. A lot. So. Yeah. And like, ideally, what you want from a first rounder is somebody that's going to stay in the organization for six plus years that, you know, ideally, if they're ever all pro, that's an awesome accomplishment. This is Julio freaking Jones, one of the most accomplished receivers of all time. Not the, but, uh, you know, he's had an unbelievable career. I, I don't understand it. So if anybody knows, and I know there's a lot more people out there that know the NFL more than I do. Uh, the big guy certainly is one of them. But I, I don't get what's going on here. I, I believe it was a second and a fourth, right? And yes. they also might have gotten. And a sixth. Okay, so there was that thrown in there. So they kind of, and, and I know some of it too was the Falcons just wanted his salary gone. They wanted the cap space. So I think finding a team to take on a $17 million deal was a little bit more tough, but like, you know, the Titans That's are confident. True. I think they can renegotiate stuff. So I, I do see where there was a few hoops to kind of jump through to make it happen. But if you're a fan, you know, who cares? You've got that dude on your roster for two years. And between him and A.J. Brown, like two big guys that can make Tannehill's job easier. I, I, I like this move, too, for the Titans just because they're totally in win-now mode. This is their window. They had the upset that got them to the AFC Championship two years ago, and then they won a game last year. So they're in the right now they're they're doing well and they're hoping that just having that extra playmaking threat can put them over the top because really that's what it comes down to when you want to beat the Chiefs you need to be able to outscore them and this is their way of saying all right this we're, we're gearing up our offense we're, we're going to do what we can to make this happen I bet there was a little part of Julio that was like oh great I'm getting to play with a younger Matt Ryan yeah like, could I not have gotten a great quarterback? And Tannehill would be so lucky to have a Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan in his prime was pretty damn good quarterback. But uh, I bet Julio was like, man, there's a few elite quarterbacks out there. I wouldn't have mind, you know, going out my career with, with one of those guys. But it's a good offense. Uh, Derrick Henry, best running back in the NFL. Now you got a good receiving core. Uh, the, the offensive line's always been solid, I believe. I don't know about that. But good for the Titans. I know you're right, Roush. There's a lot of fans mm -hmm. in the area. I was half thinking you were going to come in today's show denouncing your Steelers fandom and, and jumping ship. Uh, you know, there's still time for that to be determined. But <laughs> Nick, there's no time. If you want to go, go now, buddy. We don't need you. Well, what happens if he goes later, though? Now, we want him to go now. Don't play. Don't fiddle fart around for the summer. If you want to go to the Titans, go Titans, buddy. And I'm still a Steeler, black and yellow, black and yellow. Yeah, don't let, don't let a fellow Steelers fan talk down to you that way, Roush. You all are both in Steeler I just, Nation. I just yeah. need some commitment. That's all I need. 
Where I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the I'm tired of the wavering. Maybe I'll go Titans. Maybe I won't. I'm tired of it. I, I'm. Not, do I sound like I'm wavering? But I, maybe that makes him the best Steelers fan of all, Justin. If if he's willing to say, listen, if you if if you all don't keep up the Steeler way, you, you can lose fans. You know that that way you're keeping their feet to the fire. If, if they, you, that's why you, you've kept Big Ben around now for year 35 is because you all have gotten a little complacent. I mean, every every team's going to go down, have slopes. I mean, it's going to get bad before it gets worse. I'll well, tell you that right now, Nick. But hang in there with us, buddy. Hang in. I don't like hearing that from an Indiana fan. It's going to get bad before it gets worse. Like, Shouldn't, oh, wouldn't it get worse before it gets bad? My gosh, I said that wrong. It's going to get worse before it gets good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, he put the cart in front of the horse. Or, no, yeah. horse in front of the cart. There you go. Eesh. Trevor Kelsey. That was huge news in the in the, uh, in the the NFL yesterday. What about the PGA, Jerry? Oh. That was an exciting finish. We got playoffs there. Sudden death goes to hole 73, which was awesome. But bigger drama during the weekend. Uh, see, I – John Rahm. Right, right. That's much bigger. But briefly, that playoff hole – I thought that the, the way that Cantley was playing, that he was just going to be all over the place. I mean, he kind of was on that 18, but still, Markawa had to hit a, a pretty long putt to to force the second one. And Cantley's face of relief, just the, whoo, it was, that was high comedy. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, Terry. Just it was a fun, the it was, relief. It was, it, was a fun, it was a fun final round. And what, uh, I, I got to talk about John Rom though. Yeah, you have to because that is. How much was he up by six? Yeah, six yeah. stroke lead. It hit a hole in one during the tournament. A hole in freaking one. So this was just like a dream round for him. This was a round that he was. Well, he will now. I mean, he's. It was going to be memorable, I guess, one way or another. Hey, I guess that's why they call it the memorial. Uh, no, that's. I'm sure they've got a much more just reason for why they call it wow, the memorial. Justin. But uh, I I couldn't believe that it went down that way. Hole in one, having the round of his life, huge, and that's a huge payout too. By the way, it's a pretty big, you know, it's a big tournament. And they tell you after you walk off the 18th green, right then and there, if you aren't On familiar TV. with the, if you aren't familiar with the story, he tested positive for corona. But uh, it wasn't showing any symptoms, felt fine, obviously fine enough to just be dominating that golf course. And he walks off. If you haven't seen the video, you got to Google it and watch it. But he walks off, and these two rules officials come up to him, and you, you, you can't hear what they're saying. But then all of a sudden, he almost, like, falls to the ground. You know, he falls he, – he bends over. He puts his hand in his head, and you can clearly tell he starts getting emotional. And – then they he kind of walks off and he's very emotional walking off. His caddy brushes away a camera. You got Jim Nance, he's got no idea what's going on. They're trying to like I think everybody's assumption if you were watching it live was oh, he just was told that like a family member had passed or or something. Something very dramatic had to happen. Turns out they told him right then and there. And I've seen people crushing the rules officials for doing that. But I do also understand that you you somehow needed to express to him, hey, we don't need you shaking hands or you know going up to the crowd or anything. We need we just need you to put your head down and put this mask on and and walk on out of here. But I also feel like there could have been a way where you could have not told him right then and there that he had he was gone from the tournament 
and also told him like, Hey, no, no touching fans. You could have probably just said exactly that. Hey, we're not, we're not doing any handshakes with fans today. Uh, just, you know, keep, keep walking. And then once he's out of the public of the camera, let him know what happened. So I do think they could have handled it a little bit better, but the whole thing was handled poorly when they had to make him withdraw. Golf is the perfect sport for COVID. <laughs> if, if he feels fine enough to play, there is no reason he could not, one, play around by himself, carry his own bag if his caddy didn't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, that they they stole that from him. They, yeah. they stole him that that from him, and it was really crappy. And I and I feel bad for John Rahm. Now I I know that it's it's there's definitely a sense here that hey, the you're signing up to play under these rules. This is the steps that we have to take if there is a positive test. This is just the blanket how we're going to do this. No exceptions. Nothing. These are the rules. I don't think that they ever anticipated that it could happen. I mean, they had to, but this is almost worst case scenario. And if this is a year ago when things are kind of still scary and people like we don't have a vaccine or anything and there's nobody there, then this would have, you know, lit the sports world on fire. Now you're more shaking your head like, wait, there's he there's still doing that like he tested positive and part of me is like man i would just be like shove those sticks up my nose let me see if this is a false positive because i would be doing everything i could possibly to try to get back out there because you're right tj i know you've said shared the sentiment before where it's like hey just because it's hard doesn't mean it can't be done if even yeah. if it was a, a regular test and he was positive but just symptom free i'm sure he would have worn a mask and and like you said, carried his bags, done whatever to play because you can stay, you know, 10 feet away from somebody pretty easily on a golf course. Uh, I mean, so I, it just, it's such a bummer for that guy, man. I felt, I felt so bad. Well, it, it all was. came from, it all came from contact tracing. He came into contact with somebody who had COVID. So that's the only reason he was getting tested to begin with, but he was tested before round one, before round two, and then, of course, before round three, but they didn't get the results back of the test until the end of round three. What a mess. Oh, God, that sucks. Because it does, uh, a second, to be fair, it does at least take a little bit longer to test positive, so you could see where it wasn't showing up on those. But for it to be one of these asymptomatic things, if he didn't come in contact, like Justin said, then no, nobody would know. I'm sure there's some folks out there right now who feel just fine who've been around COVID, but like it doesn't matter because they might have a vaccine and it means the virus is just not going to do diddly squat to them. So for that to be what sidelines them, gosh, what a bummer. And I've seen some people say, well, you know, the rules are the rules. And if you tested positive, you were having, you were going to with have to be withdrawn from the tournament. And uh, it's a dumb rule then. And we saw why it's a dumb rule because a dude was absolutely tearing that course up when the competition really wasn't. Uh, the course did pretty well despite, you know, the, the, the top few guys be having good scores. And then there was a pretty big drop off there after just a, a few of the top dudes. But it's a dumb rule. It cost him a tournament. You stole it from him. And he, you, you could have you let him play by himself. You could have told, you could have allowed it just to be a conversation instead of telling them in front of thousands of fans and TV cameras. It was, I'm sure they've probably already apologized to him, but it's a shame. And I wonder, I know if you win that thing, you don't, uh, 
you, you probably don't care that much about it, but it probably would feel a little bit like, oh, I kind of stole this one. Yeah, yeah, but you're going to take that paycheck regardless. Oh, yeah, did, you're not saying no to that. Did you all see all the fans kicked out of the memorial this weekend on half of Brooks Kepka? Oh. Man, what, what is Bryson DeChambeau doing? <laughs> what is he doing? See, here's – so if you all didn't hear the story – uh, the way people try to take shots at Bryson is to, after he swings, say, good shot there, Brooksy. And Bryson is doing the classic thing where he reacts, and so it makes people just want to call him that more. People yes. kept saying, nice shot, Brooksy, and he was pointing them out to the security, and security was escorting them out of the freaking premises. What is that? Like, again, I think in that exchange they had, I think Brooks kind of looked like the dork. And Bryson DeChambeau has done so much in his career that should be ridiculed. He clearly is uh, overly sensitive, and, and that's okay. But that one incident, I thought it was kind of a funny move by Bryson, and Brooks kind of acted like a child in that one incident. But now we're back. Now, like water has found it has found its level, if you will, and we have uh, what a disaster! Now it's never going to stop. It will literally never stop. Gosh, and, and no. it's, I bet it gets to a point like where you'll have Brooks cat. You'll have somebody come out and be like, "Hey, you know, we're, we we made we made good. Let's let's stop doing it." But really, it shouldn't. And as of it stands right now, we're probably a little ways away from it because Brooks still hates him because he had this message to say <laughs> after after the reports came of people being tossed from the event. What's up, guys? It's Brooksy. Just wanted to say, hey, thank you guys for the support. I heard a bunch of you were shouting my name at the golf tournament today. I know I'm not playing, but thank you guys for showing support. And if your time was, I don't know, say cut short at the golf tournament today, uh, DM Michelob Ultra, and we're going to be giving out 50 cases of beer to the first 50 people um, in case their time was cut short, had any trouble at the tournament. But just as a thank you for showing support. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So there you have it. Yeah, so we, we weren't going to be sure exactly when it ended, Justin, but hopefully did it go over pretty smooth? It did, yep. Hey, all right. Good deal. Uh, hilarious from Brooks, though. Like, uh, good good for him. And again, at some point, I bet he'll come out and be like, hey, let's cool it or let's calm down. But uh, so, Justin, let me ask you this. Well, who, who's leading the interactions now on for the for the extra million dollars or whatever it is? So I read more into that this weekend, and it's actually the top 10 guys. So I would venture to say Brooks and DeChambeau are one, two, respectively. So I think they're both firmly in that PIP fund, and they'll both be getting paid at the end of the year. I bet John Rahm now would probably be, right? He better be. <laughs> I mean, everybody was talking about him. That was everywhere on social media, uh, His, his, him being kicked out of the, of the event. I cannot believe they did that on TV. You know, what, the only thing – the only thing about this PIP fund, I hope it's at the end of the season, it's kind of like a top 10 where we get to see the list and how everyone finished and all their interactions and all that. Would love, would love to see it. I, I should totally get a cut of this, but here's really what they should do. It should be like top 10 or top 20, and then those people, all the money gets pooled in and they play in a little two-day event, winner 
gets the money. Or maybe you do a scramble. You could potentially like do top 20 and then split it up into five teams and do a scramble at like a cool course, two day event. And then the winning team gets to take home all that money. Oh boy. Like or better, better yet. Don't pay me enough for these genius ideas. Better yet. The winning team plays a foursome, their own ball the next day to decide the winner. Oh man. So you do a scram- two day scramble and then the winning team does a third day and the lowest, lowest mm. score wins. Justin. Oh goodness gracious! We're going How to the top. With, we're going to the top with these kind of ideas. Seriously, I feel like in, in golf they, you know, they do they do a good enough job of it, and you can only play so many weekends in a year. But like, just an idea like that, I feel like I could get so creative with fun golf ideas. And just over the last few years, have we got some? Well, not that they came out of thin air from just a few years ago, but now you're starting to get these pay matches and these celebrity two on twos and stuff like that. I feel like when we were growing up, Roush, and maybe I just missed it, but like we didn't have that. When Tiger was 26, we didn't have these fun little off events here and there. And that being said, those are cool, but like we just came up with an idea that would be a million times cooler. And I know some people are like a, Golf scramble with four guys wouldn't be all that fun because all the shots would just be amazing. Okay, awesome. We get to watch four of the golfers hit the same shot and all, and like we get to see who's better between all four of them and, and whatnot. Like that would be so much fun oh, to get to witness. Or worst case, do a two man scramble and make it a two a ten ten team league. I, I think it'd be f- with a two man. It could be more dramatic because it's each hole and you're you're kind of battling out each one uh, and. I still want to see how low they can go, you know? I mean, can you shoot yeah, m- yeah. 24 under? <laughs> like, probably. That's funny. 25 is the number I had in my head. Gosh. Yeah, that'd be, be fun. That'd be and, you know, they'd, ne- they'd, they'd never do that. But, like, we're doing our KRC scramble on Friday. Um, what what if you just they just played like an average public course, you know? <laughs> right, right. They like, went who, to Seneca. Yeah, like, who, like ooh, this is a good one. Who could stick it on the green from 330 yards out the best between the four of us? Yeah. Which which one's going to drive to yeah. par four? How hey, many speak- hole-in-ones on par fours are we getting? Speaking of Seneca, get ready, boys. It is Cicada City. Played there on Saturday. Whew. So is that your first time playing to... there? Yeah, that was my first time. It was fun. I liked it. I thought I, I played pretty bad, and I shot a 93, so I was happy. Still have yet to see a Cicada all year. What time we'll see you him get- Friday. What time did you get out there, Justin? Uh, it was about two thirty. Yeah, it was, I it was crowded. Yeah, I figured their their morning tea times book up so fast, but it was uh, you were probably toasty out there. It was quite hot. Yeah, and well, yeah, and it got even hotter because it was pretty slow around. It took us almost five hours to play yeah, the eighteen. That's public courses in Louisville, baby, and uh, but pretty nice though, right? Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm excited to go back on Friday. Yeah, Friday uh, looks like, you know, mid to low 80s, so it certainly could be worse. Could be nice weather out there. Do you sneak any beers on, Justin? I am not a beer sneaker in or at a golf course. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, uh, straight the, and narrow, TJ. I'll, I'll say this publicly. they Seneca is the biggest sticklers on sneaking beer in, and that's fine. They have every right to be. It's, they can get in legal trouble. That course goes through the park. There have been incidents. There have sadly been deaths there. Uh, so I, I get why they they like to kind of keep as much of the grip on it as they can, uh, but they so they've had I guess so many busts of people sneaking beers in. They switched to Tall Boys, 
So now they know they're like, all right, well, most people that aren't familiar familiar with the course, if they're sneaking beers on, it's going to be just kind of regular beers. And uh, so they'll, that, that's one easy way that they can bust people. Now, of course, if you know, you could just sneak tall boys and then bada boom, bada bing. But, you know, I agree with you, Justin. Best to support your public courses when you can. Leave the sneaking for the country clubs. That's what I always say, right, boys? Hey, exactly. Exactly. Let's get back to this text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. And that was talking golf course beers here on Kentucky Roll Call. <laughs> A texter says, guys, listening to the Thursday show, the 2007 LSU game is my greatest Kentucky football memory to date. I was a sophomore in high school, too, and it was the night of our – I was a junior – but uh, it was a night of – or you were a sophomore, Roush. It was a night of our homecoming dance. I moved to Atlanta the previous year and caught constant crap from Georgia fans. I kept up with the game all night, and it really ticked off my date because I made her stay at the restaurant we were at until the end of the game. But don't worry. I still got to second base at the end of the night. Win-win, am I right? <laughs> I love that he's not even there. You know, he's just <laughs> – uh, I was thinking he was going to have a field rushing story, but no, it's getting ready for homecoming and it just having your moment of triumph of, of Kentucky football awesomeness in the midst of Georgia fans. And that was when Georgia was down too. They were, uh, I believe that was when that was one of the years they were slipping under Mark Richt. So was that, was that one of the years they had a stretch where they were like ranked number one, one year they ranked high to start a season and they just kind of fell short every, you know, they came up, they, they weren't, they, they were overhyped basically. And mm-hmm. then you're right. And then it started getting kind of, kind of bad. I, I do forget the time frame for those, but 2007 LSU at the end of the day, that one's that, that one may be number one for me. I don't know. Stoops era has produced so many more that I, I would have always thought LSU and even the 2007 Louisville game would be tough to be, to be topped in terms of in-person experiences but there's there's been a lot of classics and even ones i haven't been to the win at the swamp and i I didn't get to go to that belt bowl game but that that what what a win that was the penn Mm -hmm. state win you know that was huge for the program uh there's been a lot of classics but i always come back to that 2007 lsu game that was a like the we believe chant very very friday night lights but it was on a saturday yeah (laughs) <laughs> you're right about that the we believes were pretty great though. you remember that yeah because yeah it was kind of haunting like that, that was that that was cool uh, that you know especially for me a junior in high school you a sophomore just that was what it was all about and there you didn't really have another care in the world besides beating lsu because those no good cajuns were chanting during my old kentucky home stupid cajuns Texter says, listening to the show, and Justin Logan fought KSI and lost. Floyd is not the greatest boxer of all time either, not even top five. Wow. That's a hot take. I don't think he's a top five boxer of all time. I mean, I'll tell you you this right now. He is absolutely top five in terms of record, um, but after watching what I watched last night and then going back to the Mayweather fight, yeah, I, I, I just don't see how that guy's in the top five. My gosh, boring. Well, he's 44 and retired, for what it's worth. Like, the, you know, you're not getting him at his best. I get that, but still, put on a show. He was he was all about last night. I'm, I'm here to 
put on entertainment. I'm retired from boxing, but I'm not retired from entertainment. Didn't even entertain me. So he's retired from both, well, is what I gathered. Well, part of the issue with that is Paul was so much bigger. Like, if he if he slipped up, he was probably going to get knocked out, for real. Yeah, it's true. Eh, I All don't right, who, see that. Who, who, who are the top boxers? Ali, number one. Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Holyfield. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. I, I would no, I would Justin. put Foreman before Holyfield. Foreman, uh, Mike Tyson, definitely, and then what? Joe Lewis. Joe. Uh, Lewis you got to throw Sugar Ray Joe, in there somewhere. Joe, okay, and Sugar Ray. Yeah, that that sounds like a good five right there. Joe Lewis has to be up there. Uh, some would probably have Jack Dempsey. I was a big Jack Johnson guy. He is the most underrated boxer of all time. You all should read up on him. That dude was a beast. Um, yeah, I feel like we're probably missing one or two, but I think that was a pretty good list. Yeah, yeah. but also suck it, Mayweather. You terrible, good-for-nothing. Just uh. Ma- Manny, Manny Pacquiao's great, too, whether you like him or yeah, not. Yeah, he's just a little bit older than Floyd, so every time they box, it was always like two old men, you know? Like, and they and they were both like kind of. I'll I'm just gonna bite my time and I'll take my chances because I'm in great shape and I can you know I can just I can I can wear them out. Mm-hmm. But then when they were doing it to themselves, it was basically just like two guys standing around for their their matches were, were so underwhelming. Right, right. <laughs> and I bought every one. I bought every one of them like a sucker. I think they got you. They got you. Call Joe Calamezzo. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Why don't you read a text, buddy? Okay, here's a text. Sorry I've been out of the game this week. As a two-time text of the day winner, feel like I let the squad down. Went to Disney and Universal with the fam, a three- and a six-year-old, and had to say Universal is crushing Disney for a flame take. Also, wifey clown some black hair and wanted me to trim a bit, so use the promo code. Back hair. Oh, back hair. And so use the promo code Roush on some hedge clippers for the brand after listening to his reads. Wow. Actually used a Roush promo code. Terry, step your game up and get something cool like wet wipes in your promo code game. Anyways, let's get it this week. You have a promo code, Roush? I have a promo code. to get That's some awesome. Back hair trimmers, yeah. You have a promo code for back hair trimmers. Well, you know they they they're a little bit more, a little bit less subtle in, in some other areas. But I'm straight back hair trimmers for me. That's how I use them, and it's great. It feels refreshing whenever you get a a nice fresh back hair trim. Uh, a, a wise man by the name of Ron Swanson once said, "Shave a man's back and he'll purr like a walrus." He he said that. I don't remember that quote. It was a real quote from Ron Swanson. <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, that's awesome. Congrats on the promo code for. The trimmers. And congrats on Universal. That sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't been to Universal or Disney. Oh, oh, minute, I'm sure. Like 2003. Oh, the, the Harry Potter. They take it. They, they've taken it to another level with Harry Potter stuff. I think I've told this story before, but uh, when you're on doing radio for as many sad, sad years as I've been doing, you tell the same story twice sometimes. But like the first year, Hannah and I, I think it was our first. Second Christmas, but like first full year of dating because we started dating in October. But first full full year of dating, I booked us a trip to like Universal and Disney World. We we're just gonna like kind of hit up both of them, and uh, 
like even made like a cute, I was, I don't know, I was like 23 years old, made like a cute little PowerPoint too. And it was like fun. And I did like, what, where are we going for our vacation? It was like this elimination game and whatnot. And then afterwards she was like, Oh my gosh, that's great. But like, you know, that I only get one vacation and we have to go on that cruise with my family next summer. (laughs) I was like, Oh no, that's not good. Uh, So we can't go. And she's like, we can't go. I was like, Oh no. So ever since then, I've only been giving her trees for presents. <laughs> um, you got her cast iron skillet. For no, I, I comp- people didn't like that comparison, but it's a unique comparison, and everybody loves a good cast iron skillet. You oh, know that. Yeah, yeah without a, a doubt. That's Nothing ages like a cast iron skillet. Well, other things do get better with time, not just cast iron skillets. So that's Yeah, but why a cast never... iron skillet really gets better with time. You get all I, just, this- I just like that... You, you don't hear that too often, comparing well, a woman to a, a pot what? and pan, you know? Well, you know, those are... Some the might other... say it's a little sexist. <laughs> the cast iron skillet, would, what, would, would wine be problematic? No. Would cheese, saying that she's cheesy? <laughs> uh, you can't do anything right these days. You make a nice post, and there's always going to be some haters. Mm, always. <laughs> Plus, she's a great cook. Yeah, because you keep her in the kitchen where she belongs. That's not true. That's... <laughs> Rouse is going to get us taken off the air here. Oh, goodness. goodness all I, all, I made a nice, sweet post for my wife's birthday, which she had a great day. Uh, we went kayaking, so I had a drink for her and the baby kayaking. And then mm, we had to obviously take a nap because we had been out in the sun all day. And then I had to drink for her and the baby at dinner, a nice dinner for her birthday. So it was a really fun Saturday. A happy birthday to TJ. I mean, <laughs> no, Hannah. Hannah, Hannah, no, Hannah's, Hannah's, Hannah's birthday. birthday. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we she the kayaking's fun, underrated kayaking. Yeah, and you you picked a great time to do it too, uh, because of the the rain previously. So you didn't have any of those situations where you you hit the shallow water and you got to pick up your canoe or push. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, did you do Floyd's Fork? No, we did Harrods Creek. Gotcha. Either yeah. way, uh, a lot of fun. Really is a nice day, especially because most of the time the creeks are pretty shaded. You know. So it's it's a little bit cooler on the water. You can jump in if you want want to cool down. So kind of, good idea, Terry. You did it. We went to a waterfall. Ooh. That's pretty did cool. Go, did you go off? Did you jump off the waterfall? No, you would just instantly shatter your ankles. Yeah, one of those really shallow everywhere. ones. Oh yeah. yeah. Would have just been a disaster. Uh but no, it it was uh it, it was really enjoyable. And uh, on a different side note, just a random happening, starting the process of finishing the basement tomorrow. Oh, wow. Godspeed, sir. A great time for lumber prices. Seriously, dude, what are you doing? But, Roush, who's to say it's not? Who's to say it's going to get better? That's true. That's kind of how I'm with that, the housing thing, too. You're like, well, it's got to go down eventually, right? But when? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't doubt that lumber. I bet in the winter, probably lumber prices may go down a little bit, but I, I don't know. I don't. I, we we need to. I want to get it done before the baby's here. So we're starting it, and it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. No way that any fights come from this. <laughs> no way. No way. Texter says on the text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. TJ Lachlan sucks. 
He makes a living purely <laughs> off baiting Kentucky fans and going all Skip Bayless. Now, did he bait me into listening back in the day? For sure. But I hate that guy. But that's my whole point with Lachlan is he is, and I say this lovingly because I do totally, I, I do respect him. I actually like him. This isn't a bit, nothing like that. But he's the ultimate like little dweeb and he just can rile up people like it's there's no tomorrow. It's an art form. Like it, it is. Really is. It, it is like a work of art the way he can rile people up. And he's such a, a, a goober, but he's creative. And he, he, I think he is funny when he actually wants to be funny. Sometimes he's funny for ways that he doesn't intend to be funny. But like you should never let somebody like Lachlan rile you up. You should kind of laugh at his ridiculous takes. You shouldn't get upset by him. So that's that's why I think it's he he was such a master at his craft, and it's hilarious. You know, he'll he'll pick one thing. He'll hold Kentucky to such different standards than other programs and schools. And then when Kentucky exceeds those expectations, it wasn't done pretty pretty oh. enough. Or you know, big fan well, of goalpost moving. Well, that's what they should have done. It'd be crazy if they didn't do that you know that's his lock he's hilarious if you if you learn to kind of appreciate it then it's almost like yeah you don't want to say i was bummed when he was off the air i was bummed when he was off the air back when he was at 8 40 uh, miss having yeah. those hot and, takes around and now he just does these now he now he's on spectrum and you, you can you can tell sometimes he'll be like doing a political story and he just wants to kind of burst out but <laughs> He's just got to stay professional, and he always stays professional. And, gosh, he played – his last day at the hyperbole, he played audio from his last day at 840. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, when I left 840, I wanted to play this. And it was – and I've talked about this on the show too, but it was callers. It was like voicemails. I guess they had this old bit where you could leave a voicemail. And uh, it was a voicemail, and he got well, – he was getting like death threats. I mean, it was Locke. Like, little Locke getting people so riled up that people are threatening to kill him. Like, that's a pretty talented Ryler, you know? Like, that's somebody that really knows how to get people worked up. Oh, definitely. Like I you mean, said, it's an art form. Yep. Oh, man. A texter what? says, I hate Tennessee is... Roush, do you want me to read the text since you're at a friend's house? I can read it, too, if you want. I know, but it's just like you're not reading them. I know, but it's because you're just stopping and going straight into it. I can go straight into it. I guess we're, are we just going to mow through this hour uh, break free too? I maybe, like we'll it. Get, maybe we'll get out a little early and that will be the break. All right. That, that's Wait, did we idea. not do a break at 25? We did not. We just mowed right through it. Oh, Evans. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. should probably take one, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. we probably should pay some yeah. bills. Yeah. At least okay. Oh, well, my goodness. That's the first time I think I've ever missed a break in my radio career. <laughs> Justin's like, oh, really, Terry? <laughs> Well, no, I think like, you know, I always maybe do the daily double or skip one, but like, yeah, I was just going to roll through that show. Trevor was here. We went a whole hour without breaking either. So yeah, but that was Trevor. Blame it on the big guy. Okay. So when it's not Trevor's fault, all right, we'll be back. Sorry. That's my bad hand up. I'll take the blame for that one. This is Kentucky roll call. And these are people that pay the station. Kentucky Roll Call, Walker and Roush, run wild on you. (laughs) 
Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. I want to remind you about Bobby Cook Golf Academy over on Exit 4. Golf simulators, if you've never tried it before, you're going to want to beat this heat. It's going to be muggy and gross mm. all week. I'm just Bad crossing weather. our fingers. I'm just crossing our fingers when we get out there Friday, we can get some relief. But, uh, ooh, it, 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 can be, it can be gnarly out there. You won't worry about that in an indoor golf simulator paradise. That's the Bobby Cook Golf Academy. Call them at 812-913-4415. But I highly suggest checking out their website, bobbygolfacademy.com. You'll get to – you, you'll get a feel for it. You'll get to kind of see their, see what they're all about. So check them out, bobbycookgolfacademy.com. Let's finish up this text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, uh, I hate Tennessee as much as anyone, but the walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth, down three runs is literally what dreams are made of. Wow, what an atmosphere. I threw my hands up, and I didn't even want them to win, LOL. That was yeah, pretty freaking nuts. Was Tennessee. I, it, I, it, I hated seeing it. The video was very cool that Tennessee put out, though, because it was, it wasn't the broadcast; it was the almost like Nat sound from the stadium. That place was crazy. The other great home run was the one at Ole Miss, the bomb into the outfield, and you just yeah. see immediately a beer shower. It looked like, I mean, that place looked like so much fun. It, imagine going to a sporting event and celebrating with beers. Well, it's just a joke, um, and it's a joke that Kentucky baseball just has no momentum and nothing fun and nothing really to look forward to, and it's going to probably stay that way by the sounds of it. So that's a bummer, but uh, suck at Tennessee. A texter says, Roush, I bet you're champing at the bit to talk to Coach Collins again. It's uh, chopping is how you pronounce it, but yeah, that is actually, trust me, texter, I wanted to spell it the other way, but that's not how it's spelled. I think it's dumb because you chomp with C-H-O-M-P. You don't champ it, but that's how you spell chomping at the bit. Wow. Are you telling mm. them to suck it? Uh, I'm actually telling them to take out their suck it and chomp on it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Texter says, do you all have a college town or city you feel doesn't deserve to get the disrespect people throw at it? West Lafayette and Purdue is mine. Nice campus, cool sports venue, and the bar scene is great. I agree about that with West Lafayette, and I've never actually gone out there, but I've been around the campus a few times. Uh, I thought their campus was fine. Would West Lafayette be a place I'd want to live besides college? And you could say that about most places for what it's worth, but uh, no, and no offense to my brother-in-law, Corso, but no, I wouldn't want to necessarily grow up there or live there after college, but going there for four years, totally agree. West Lafayette's a good spot. Gets a lot of disrespect. Shouldn't drink before 9 a.m., Texter. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I figured you'd disagree with that, Justin. I, I, one thing I forgot, too, Terry, Lexington in the summer is majestic. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like I have it all to myself. It's so awesome. <laughs> it was so great. It's a, di- it's, a di- it's a different city. Oh, it really is. Because, I mean, just the, you can feel it in the air. It's so different. Oh. Absolutely great. Great spot right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun in the, I in would, the summer. I would say that mine is Columbia, Missouri. It's actually pretty town, and it's got some really nice spots there. It's just that Missouri's like, come on, this isn't SEC. But the actual – and their, their basketball arena is real nice too. I, I haven't been there since they redid the football stadium. Uh, that, that, that was under construction back during that crazy game at 18. But uh, I, I do think that that town – 
we we crap on it a little bit more because it's Missouri, but it's pretty nice. Pretty, pretty nice. Um, one texture says, Oh wow. Uh I think shots oh, fired here. Read the read the other one first on this one. Read I'm the going, one underneath it yeah, first. Okay. Yeah. I'm going on a big golf trip to Myrtle Beach this week with 15 other guys from college. Super excited because not only is it a nice summer vacation to get absolutely bamboozled and play some golf, but more importantly, we're playing using handicaps. So huge for me because my handicap is ridiculously high. No one expects anything from me in my game. Given that I get about two strokes a hole, I may make some serious noise on the course. Have you guys ever been on any big-time golf trips before? We'd love to hear some stories. He goes on to say that the leader of the trip went all out when he created an entire PowerPoint for the week, made our own scorecards for each round of golf, and got us a legit trophy for the winner of the tournament. I went ahead and attached the sports book uh, for the upcoming golf tournament. We call our group the uh, Tally Whacker. So we do what's called a Tally Whacker Open every summer. Just absolute fantastic vibes, if you ask, or fantastic vibrations, if you ask me. Plus 500 for me, has ridiculous value. It's highway robbery. So they've not only have they handicapped the course for each player, they have different groups and are gambling on each other down there and giving each other odds. That's just that's uh that's going all in for a golf tournament, TJ. All in. DJ <laughs> didn't care to comment. Probably muted. Oh, but... sorry, muted. No, I I was saying I was just blown away. That uh, that was awesome. That that's your Plumley bro. I'm super jealous over here. That sounds like an awesome time, an awesome golf trip, and I uh, I, I wish that I I was a part of something like that. I've got a group of friends who it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like the degrees of separation among friends, but I've got a group of friends that are kind of friends with another group of friends that I'm not necessarily great friends with. If we see each other, we'll all have a good time, but it's, but we're not friends. They do a big golf trip. So there's Mm -hmm. a couple of my friends that get looped in with that golf trip. And, uh, you know, I'm nowhere probably close on the standby list, but they, they do something similar plumly bro but they split up into two big teams and it's kind of like a Ryder cup format more than individual play. But then my brother and his group of friends, they do golf trips. I don't know if they necessarily have like an annual big tournament one, but they will sporadically go on some and they'll play games and gamble and whatnot. It's just like my closest group of friends just aren't amazing golfers. And I'm, and I'm certainly not by any stretch of the imagination. So there, it just hasn't really come to fruition with uh, with our group. But I would love it. Sounds awesome. It's like an inside joke from the office. I hope to be a part of one someday. <laughs> but that sounds like the real deal. So enjoy. It really Come does. On, yeah, yeah. Swing away. Hit them hard. Hit them straight. Uh, another texture says, suck it, Mexico. Yeah, suck it. A texter says, what do you guys think about a Lance Ware-Re-Travis comparison? If Lance is able to put on some muscle, I think Travis could be his ceiling. Yeah, I think it. it's under – they both fall under the umbrella of guys who play below the rim, a little bit undersized but physical. Uh, that's sound. You just need to get to – Reed Travis, he, he had a good amount of production for Kentucky in that one season – he was a big fan of the uh, those games where you look at the stats, you're like, oh, he has 16 points and 
eight rebounds like that was quiet so if you could get that out of uh lance where eventually then i'm taking it all day it'd be amazing if you could get to that level of production uh but Bree Travis was really, really smart. And that's, you know, that made up for some of his lack of size and whatnot. Lance Ware, we, I guess we just didn't really get to see enough of him. Not that he, I thought that he had a low basketball IQ by any stretch, but it's just, that's really kind of what separated Reed is he'd know how to get somebody in the air, get to the line, uh, go around somebody. He's just a smart, heady player. And then you met, you mix that with his motor. That's why he was as good as a college basketball player as as he was well and uh you also have to remember too that it was also after four years of power five basketball that he had developed those skills so lance will be a slow cooker but i think in due time you know we're, we're going to see him make some significant leaps throughout his career because uh, he's got room to grow yeah I'm, I'm i just want that dude in the program for as long as uk can have him because I feel like there will be a breakthrough for him, and if there's not, at least it's going to be just a, a good bench player, it, just a good body, big body, physical body to have. Uh, I mean, Texas says – oh, go on, sorry. It, the weekend was so crazy that we didn't even get to Keon Brooks's comments from Friday afternoon. Those would have been noteworthy every other time that they would have been dropped and probably headlined the show, but he gave the – you know, I didn't think it was – I needed to say anything because I didn't think yeah. it was a big deal that I was coming back. Let's talk about that tomorrow because, you yeah. know, today could be a slow news day. We'll save that for tomorrow. What do we got next? Last night, I'm pretty sure I saw Kristen Pulisic tell Mexico to t- and their fans to take their suck it out and suck it. It was glorious. Man, I love watching that dude play soccer. Hope we get to do it for a very, very long time. Good to have a superstar. John here. Soccer. What a crazy weekend, regardless if you thought the fight was boring, a YouTuber made it all eight rounds and never fell to the canvas at all. So give Logan some credit, and too bad for Dallas going forward. What kind of pieces does Dallas need to add with Luca and Porzingis to make them more of a contender? We'll got to go talk to you later. That's the problem. Porzingis stinks. He's not that good. <laughs> that was my answer. Get rid of Porzingis. Answer number one. Seems like uh, Damian Lillard and... Um, Luca and Luca kind of would similar. be would be a lot of fun to watch play together. Apparently, Lillard's kind of keeping his eyes peeled. I feel like you know those two could be like, hey, you know, I need you, you need me, and then you put them together. Could be fun because I'm I'm worried that the Nets may just run away with this bad boy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I did not watch uh, game one yesterday though. I don't know what the status for Harden will be moving forward. I'm, I bet he'll be fine, at least in time. But I was kind of worried that, like, you know, maybe egos would be an issue. They seem to have that figured out. Winning cure so much. But I was hoping that maybe they'd have an implosion. Doesn't look like it's happening. So uh, we we may need – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want the Nets to be good. That's not fun. Although we're going to have, like, a, a new or first-time NBA champion – I shouldn't say a new, but it's going to be a team that hasn't won since I think like the '80s, which is pretty cool. Yep. Either the '80s or maybe number one ever. It's like half and half. Texter says Titans get Julio Jones. Let's go, let's go. This move will definitely help AJ Brown since they lost Corey Davis to free agency. Justin, does this wide receiver duo beat Michael Pittman Jr. and Ty Hilton? Is it okay for me to be excited? That's from Keith. Wow, <laughs> Keith coming at Justin's neck. Keith, it's okay for you to be excited. Does the wide receiver duo beat Michael Pittman and Ty? Eh, yes, yes, it does. 
Wow. The Titans gave up a second and fourth received a six. That's what I thought. Mm. But a six, a six round pick. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, Robert says, I'm absolutely hyped. The bleep up. Quick fun fact if the Titans would have exercised Corey Davis's fifth year option, they would have owed him 15 million. They're paying Julio 15.7. They're paying Julio 15.3 million. TJ, keep up the Tannehill hate, man. It's clearly based off opinion, not stats. Since TJ and HD are haters, Nick, I'll take you to a game this fall. Pick the game. I said that he's an average quarterback. He's an average to good quarterback. If you, I mean, he's certainly not elite. You wouldn't say that Tannehill is one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Certainly, you wouldn't say that. I said Matt Ryan was a nice compliment, and if he, if Tannehill ends up with a Matt Ryan like career, that's going to be a good career. Robert's right. I'm a hater. I don't think he sucks, but I, he's I, you, he. I don't think he's going out there and winning games for you. You got to have pieces around him that will do it, and luckily the Titans do. So mission accomplished, and that's all right. There's been teams that have done really well with quarterbacks that I, we had a Super Bowl Joe Flacco and Colin Kaepernick. So it's uh, you don't if as long as you have the right pieces, chill out, buddy. Take me to a game. Hmm. Uh, Texer says, uh, pretty sure they used to do those growing up. Remember Tiger playing David Duvall one-on-one before, and I think Sergio was in there as well. I, and I said maybe I just was too young to remember him, but I, I don't. And I don't, and, and maybe that's also like the non-social media era where I, I, you just – I didn't know it was even going on because where would I have seen that it was being advertised? Uh, but – People forget they used to do a 64-person match play tournament, like NCAA tournament style. That was awesome, uh, but it didn't really, I don't know, it didn't translate as well either. Texture says, see you guys Friday at the KRC Scramble. What's the prize Justin is going to provide us? A good time. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! A texture um, with a Wikipedia entry, Monday Night Golf. Oh, so I'm guessing that's like the old... Uh... There was a series of match play challenges from 99 to 2005. It was revived in 2012. Oh, that's pretty cool. I guess it just didn't do too well. But golf's a different sports now. uh, It looks like Tiger Woods winning a lot. Let's see. There's Tiger Woods, Duvall, Garcia, Ernie Els, Phil Mickelson, John Daly. It's cool. Bring it back, baby. It wasn't ready. It was ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. And it was just too innovative for young Terry Walkie. Um, another texter is happy to correct me. Sorry, I skipped up. But they said that quote was definitely from Family Guy. So I got Peter Griffin and Ron Swanson mixed up. My bad, guys. My bad. I was going to say, I don't remember that episode. Yeah, I, yeah. I consider myself a Parks and Rec fan. Justin, that's a trick question. Seneca's the CIA of confiscating beer. Feel like I'm walking through TSA with how they check bags. <laughs> Good to know. Mm, it's uh they they like i mean they have like gone into coolers which i don't think they should do but they've like yeah they they go over the top there oh without a doubt without a doubt uh oh keith he says he's a member of the fuzzy courses cover bridge and champions point including chariot run heritage hills and old capital there are they are top public courses. What are your top five? Uh, we didn't got the time for some top five public courses. Yeah, that's, courses a, that's a tomorrow today, question. Yeah, ask yeah. ask again tomorrow. There we go. And Mook was happy to correct me once again about Peter Griffin. He also wants to add Joe Frazier to the boxing list. Lennox Lewis may up there, be up there with 
Roy Jones Jr. too. All right, good stuff all around. Thanks for all the texts into the show. We appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, okay. Justin Kalen, and Nick Roush. We'll see you on Tuesday. Heavy glow by the way I tried to say I'd be there Waiting for Danny the girl is singing songs